everybody, uh, Ben Cohen here. Just wanted to provide a quick update before we get going on the Banter Roundtable podcast. We recorded the show before the extraordinary events in Russia. Uh, we just witnessed 24 hours of utter chaos in Russia with the Wagner Group um, taking over a city in southern Russia called Rostov and marching towards uh, the Kremlin, marching towards Moscow. Then there was apparently a deal that happened between the, the Wagner troops and the Kremlin, which prevented what looked to be a civil war. So for a few hours, we thought there was genuinely going to be a civil war. Uh, turns out that hasn't been uh, the case. The leader of the Wagner group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, has been exiled to Belarus, which is a fascinating turn of events in itself. We don't quite know what's going on. Lots of reports are still coming out of Russia. I've been monitoring the situation all weekend and speaking to as many experts as I know on, this, on the topic. I'm going to be trying to talk to uh, a Ukrainian friend of mine uh, in the next week who has uh, reported on the conflict as well. I'm trying to find out about you know, what he knows, if there's any insights. But I'll, I'll just say this um, before we get going. I'll say this, that this is historically how... Uh, wars are ended with superpowers or any power that invades another nation but then faces huge domestic pressure at home to uh, stop the war. This is when war, how wars end. Um, you look at the political situation in Russia now and it seems to be completely untenable for Putin to continue the war in Ukraine with such huge domestic pressure. Uh, you know, he just averted a civil war in his own country and this, to me, shows that, you know, the cracks in the power, the facade of power in the Kremlin are, are now appearing. Um, and Putin faces political opposition, you know, that he's never, he hasn't faced in decades. This is very serious, obviously, in Russia. This is not like the United States when you get um, a handshake and a, a retirement check from the government. Um, Putin could be killed, obviously, um, any uh if he's deposed from power, it's not likely to be in a friendly way. So I think that this has changed the dynamic in Russia seriously, very, very seriously. So I'm very curious to see what happens over the next few weeks and months. But we're going to have more on this in the in the, in the upcoming week. And um, look on Monday, in my column on Monday, for some updates as well and some insight. All right. Thanks, everyone. And uh, go and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to episode 77 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with Justin Rosario. Justin, how are you this morning? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, we spent the weekend, uh, me, then the kids, and uh, Debbie even got to come on Sunday. We were at Awesome Con 
in DC. Um, it's awesome convention, and it was in fact very awesome. We had a great so it was time awesome. there. Oh, absolutely, it was awesome. Can you explain <laughs> what is, what is awesome con about? Uh, awesome con is it's a it's a broad category convention. It was um, sci-fi. It was science. They had like like just regular straight up science stuff there. Um, the FBI had a booth too, which I thought was a bit odd, but whatever. Um, they have the deep, like, state, the deep state, Justin, the deep state. I know it's terrible. Oh, Hillary, God, you mean Hillary Clinton was there? Yeah, they were watching us the entire time. Um, but they had um, sci-fi TV, fantasy. Um, they had movies. They had panel with um, Nebula. The actress playing Nebula, Karen Gillan, uh, who's also on Doctor Who. They had um, Christopher Eschlin. I can't. I know I mangled the name. Who was the ninth Doctor on Doctor Who? They had the three of the main actors from Lord of the Rings. Uh, they had um, Andy Serkis, who played Gollum. They I had... sat next to that guy in a restaurant one time. I'd like to say that. That was my claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, he was, was awesome. They had um... sitting next to Gollum in a, in a sushi restaurant in L.A. It was very weird. Did, did he go precious while he was eating the, the raw fish? But it, but... it was strange because I think Lord of the Rings had just... I mean, uh, the, uh, yeah, I think the Lord of the Rings had just come out. Oh, Really? Yeah, wow, that was good timing for you then. <laughs> yeah, so it was very weird. It was very, very weird. Like, because he just became huge, uh, you know, after that came out, obviously. So he was a big star. Um, and I was, I didn't realize I was sitting next to him. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm really feeling slightly creeped out and uh, realized that actually the, the reason why was because it was, <laughs> I was sitting next to Gollum in a restaurant. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, it was, it was, in it was, LA. In LA, that's not such a big deal. If you live in LA, everyone like spotting a celebrity is, is no big deal. So I would it, imagine, it, uh, yeah, it becomes like very, uh, you know. Yeah, but it, it was it was him, Elijah Wood, and Sean Astin, and they had a fantastic panel. I kind of felt bad for the um, the host because the host didn't really have to do anything. The, the host barely got to ask any questions. The three of them just mm. talked for an hour straight, and it was awesome it was amazing so yeah we we had a great time we saw a lot of cool stuff we bought a lot of cool stuff because that's what you go to a convention for but um it was it was pretty cool we had a great time it was uh claudia and lila got that got the tickets for me um and anastasia for my birthday so that was my early birthday gift oh oh well lovely okay oh great well uh on to on to worse topics on to much uh, less awesome topics now for the dark stuff now for the dark <laughs> stuff um we do have a we we have a great show for you today uh we are going to be talking today about the supremely corrupt samuel elite this is a pretty fascinating story and uh, it's duck hunting season and i think the press smells blood this the could sharks be are very, in the water they're very very difficult for Mr. Alito going forward. We'll be oh, talking ooh, about that. Ooh, We've got the Hunter Biden uh, made a plea deal, criminal charges. We're going to talk about that and the Republican reaction to this, which is predictably stupid. Then we are <laughs> we we have RFK. Speaking of stupid. <laughs> speaking of speaking of insane, I would say insane rather than stupid. And he He's been in the press this week, thanks and not to for the right reasons, right? You know, you go on Joe Rogan's podcast and you get some press attention, and you then get exposed as being a giant fraud. Uh, but unfortunately, we live in a world where frauds can become presidents, so I'm slightly concerned about this. We're going to talk about this. We have the the alt war on Ukraine. I wrote a piece this week about the alt left and alt right's opposition to the war in Ukraine, 
and why this is very dangerous for not only Ukraine, but for the rest of the world. And then we have our both sides segment. We've got some real peaches for you this week. And then Sorry, the emer- no, no cheery both sides this week. Nah. And then in the emergency meeting, Justin and I are going to be having a furious argument over the death of the people in the Ocean Gate submarine. Submersible. Um, submersible, rather. Yeah, Come it wasn't on. submarine. <laughs> We have we have some we have some interesting audio clips for you there as well, including James Cameron, uh, who is a deep sea diving expert, and we are we disagree badly, or we disagree quite quite significantly on the reaction to the deaths of these poor people. It's a very complex and interesting story, I think, for a number of reasons uh, that we're going to get into that, and uh, I'm going to explain why I think the left wing reaction in particular was not good. So we'll going go into that later. Um, but look, let's first talk about Mr. Samuel Alito. Oh boy! <laughs> so, Justin, uh, keep me, let, let's uh, keep me up to date on this. Like you've been keeping me up to date on this. I want to hear what's what's the latest. What's been going on? All right. So, um, Alito got a set of questions. Like, all right. So, whenever whenever um, journalists are about to pop a story, um, uh, they often will send a, a series of questions to the target of said story so they can get their reaction, right? So whenever you hear a journalist say, you know, there was, uh, by as of the writing of the story, there was no comment from such and such. This is because they sent questions and the person either did not get back to them in time or they just said no comment. They refused to respond. Um, so in this case, ProPublica sent um, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, Mr. You know, High and Mighty, uh, a series of questions, and instead of not answering or just saying no comment, he rushed to the Wall Street Journal op-ed page and put out a very hasty um, re- rebuttal, a pre-rebuttal, right? He put this out before ProPublica could publish their story. And we know he kind of rushed it because um, – there was typos in there, which is unusual for a Supreme Court justice. And the fact that the Wall Street Journal didn't bother fixing it, which is a little odd. They're, they're just supposed to be a little better than that. But whatever. So he he panicked and rushed this out in order to try and get ahead of the story. Now, what had happened was um, a couple of years ago or several years ago, um, Alito went on a very expensive fishing trip up to, uh, I think it was Alaska, um, and he took he got a free private um, plane ride uh, from a guy named Paul Singer, a billionaire named Paul Singer. And he didn't report this. He's supposed to report this sort of stuff, right? You get free plane rides from people, stuff that's worth money. And and a free private jet flight is worth yeah. – that's you, – you're, you're looking talking, at – they were talking about like $100,000 in yeah. each direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at right? minimum, well, if you to get, yeah, maybe, maybe not for one person. Um, you but, might get whole. Right. This was still so. Now, part well, of I don't his, know. how much? How much would it be worth? What you, you think? I mean, hundred grand, maybe. You think? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it was in each direction. You're looking like they're to, they were talking like in the area of a hundred thousand dollars to get on this plane. Wow, wow. Um, so yeah. it's like, wow. It was not a. It was not a small number. It was a right. small amount of money this was worth. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Alito decided he didn't have to report this or the trip itself, right? It was, everything was paid for. Um, and 
ProPublica found out about it and they were going to run with it and Alito panicked and his 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 pre-rebuttal said he didn't report it because well the trip didn't actually really cost anything right the plane ride didn't really cost anything and I swear he actually said this because the seat was empty so he just filled up an empty seat which is Possibly the single stupidest argument I've ever heard in my life. If you or I went to the airport and said, hey, is there an empty seat on this flight? And they said, yes. Oh, so I can get it for free because it's not costing anything because the seat's not full. So I don't have to pay for it. So it's not really worth anything because it's an empty seat. That's how it works, right? They would laugh at you and have security escort us out of the place. Yeah, this That's is how what- that would work. Well, it it would work if we were in a communist country, of course, obviously. <laughs> like, but um, not in cap- not in America. This is what he's talking about is the antithesis of capitalism or free market capitalism. Yeah, like, pretty so, much. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying. I'm not quite buying that one, Mister Elite. I'm sorry. That means I could go to any private jet and say, "Hey, where are you going? You have an empty seat. Do you mind if I hop on board because it's empty? So you don't care if I hop on board." No one would do this. Nobody would do this. And if they did, they'd be like, well, you know, oh, it's, uh, don't worry. I'm just going to do it as a, as a favor to you. And that's the point. It's a favor. Mm. They did it as a favor. And usually when you give someone a favor, there's an expectation of, of, of course, that favor being of course. returned. Of course. Now, Alito also wrote that, you know, him and Singer, they didn't really chit-chat. They didn't really spend any time together. You know, they on, only their had private, on the private plane. Right, and on the trip, except ProPublica, when they published their article several hours later, have a picture of Alito and Singer chilling out together and a big smiley picture with the two of them holding up big fish that they caught together. I'm like, oh. But they didn't speak. It seems like you spent a little bit more time together than just having passing, you know, just casual little conversation. If you're you're hanging around with someone long enough to catch big giant fish with them. And go on their private jet. Chances are you probably talked to him for more than a minute or two. So, yeah, Alito kind of hung himself out to dry. And this looks really, really bad for him. Um, Then, of course, this morning or yesterday, I'm sorry, I think it was yesterday. um, It came out that the trip Alito took to Rome, I think it was last year or the year before, was paid for. And he was um, like all of his food was comped and his, uh, the, you know, the, the hotel he paid for, he didn't have to pay for, you know, all that was paid for as well. Um, and now the thing is, it's not that these, th- these things were paid for. They were paid for by people and groups that had business in front of the Supreme Court. And just wouldn't you know it, he ruled in favor of those people and groups. And that's the problem. That's where that's where this becomes corruption. I mean, that that's a textbook case of a conflict of interest. That's exactly textbook, which is why Alito is so pissed off and panicked about this and getting really, really angry that anyone is daring. I mean, this is exactly what's happening with Thomas, with um, Clarence Thomas. And now you've got Alito. And that's this is just the beginning. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but, Tar- Clarence Thomas' yeah. version is way more egregious than this, though, as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but th- I mean, Jesus, that's been going on for literally decades at this point. Right. But we, this is just scratching the surface for Lido, right? And we we were talking about this before the show. the 
press for years just did not look into any of this stuff, right? I mean, this has been going on for literally decades, and no one ever looked because in America, we don't look at Republican corruption. I mean, they don't look that hard at Democratic corruption, but they really don't look at Republican corruption. They try really hard not to look at Republican corruption because they don't want to talk about it because there's so much of it and it's Mm. nonstop. But when it finally hits a tipping point, the press goes into a feeding frenzy. And I swear we talked about this on the, on the podcast, like a couple, like a month or two ago when we were talking about Thomas, the press goes into a feeding frenzy because if you're the person or the, or even the outlet, if you're the news outlet that publishes the story that brings down a president or a senator or a Supreme Court justice, that puts you in the history books. That makes your career. You know, you get to be the next Woodward and Bernstein. Right. So now, now that it's no longer taboo to look at the corruption of a Supreme Court justice, they're looking. And it's all just sitting there because these guys never bothered to hide it. Why would they? They're untouchable, right? They don't have to hide their corruption. Whoever bothered looking? It's been decades. But now it's all there. And now people are looking. And it's just going to keep coming out one after the other, after the other, after the other. This is just the beginning for Alito. I, I would be willing to bet $50. That's at big least money, $50. Dollars. That's big money. Hell yeah, for me it is. But uh, <laughs> but I guarantee it's just going to – this is going to – like a couple of weeks from now, there's going to be more and then more. A month from now, there'll be another one and another one. And sooner or later, they're going to find stuff on um, uh, Gorsuch and they're going to find stuff on Kavanaugh. And I mean, Kavanaugh has got a whole bunch of stuff they got to look into. And they just – they haven't – they never bother looking to that. They're going to start. And it's just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling. And I know Republicans, you know, Republicans are right now spending millions of dollars trying to find like whether or not um, uh, Sonia, uh, yeah, oh, my God, Sotomayor had like, you know, sneezed in the wrong place once so they can say, ha ha, both sides. That's what they're going to do. But we'll see. Maybe she had lunch with the wrong person. The press lost their mind when they thought she had dinner with some Democrats once. Remember that? Do, do, they, they had a huge stink about that because they thought she had dinner with um, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. It turned out not to be her. The press still almost had a meltdown over it. This is literal corruption. Right. And now they're going to be looking hardcore for the liberal justices. Maybe of they'll course. find something. Maybe they won't. Well, they're, they're gonna, they, you know. Of, of course, they, this has to be both sides, right? Of, like, like, or they're just gonna make something up. Well, you make something up exactly, exactly. This is how it works. I mean, it's like a textbook, another textbook example of how the press treat Democrats and Republicans completely differently, right? You can have like almost the most blatant form of corruption and criminality you could possibly imagine. Uh, and the press will bend over backwards to try to find something equivalent on the left, right? I mean, this is, I, again, this is like the whole, we're going to get into this, the Hunter Biden thing uh, as well. To me, is another example of he's essentially trying to both sides, um, you know, Republican criminality, 
with democratic criminality. You find someone who's not even who's not a democratic politician, um, is not in the public eye at all, uh, but he happens to be related to President Biden. So therefore, this is the biggest scandal since Watergate. Well, at least they wanted it to be, but he made it's a not. plea deal, and right. whoops. Except even yeah. then, right, so but even then, the plea deal was still harsher than he should have been because he was president or that he was president Biden's son. It's the only reason he had to deal with criminal charges at all for this stuff. I mean, not for nothing. Rich people don't pay their taxes all the time. They do this constantly. Right. The system is set up essentially so that rich people don't pay their taxes. I mean, this is right. I mean, Republicans are literally trying to strangle the IRS to make sure rich people don't have to pay their taxes. Right. And it's not because they're afraid that rich people are going to go to jail for not paying their taxes. You don't make rich people go to jail. for anything. They generally don't even put regular people in jail for not paying their taxes. I mean, I got in trouble once for not paying my taxes. Not on purpose. I just screwed something up. And they were like, you owe us money. And I was like, I do? From when? Ten years ago, I was like, oh, shit. So I had to pay back taxes, and that sucked because they had to, they put a lien on my paycheck for like six years. It was annoying. Oh my but, gosh. you know, I was young. I didn't know anything about doing taxes, and that's why I no longer tried to do my own taxes. I paid the price mm. for that. But they don't put people in jail for this stuff unless you're like really persistently trying to screw the government, and then you refuse to work with them later. Mm. And then it's like, no, ah, right? But this happens all the time, right? Rich people do this, t- do tax evasion all the time. When the IRS catches them, they go slap on the wrist, give us the money. Here's the fine. Don't do that again. And then they go, probably go ahead and do it again because they're rich people, whatever. But don't even get me started. We'll talk about that later. But he owed $200,000 in back taxes and he got slapped with a criminal charge. Roger Stone, didn't pay $2 million in back taxes. Not He didn't owe money on $2 million. $2 million is how much he actually owed. Mm. He had to pay that and a fine, and he got a slap on the wrist. No criminal charges. None. Nothing at all. There's nothing on his – I mean, he's a criminal for other stuff, but nothing about that. He was just like, eh, pay us the money. Here's a slap on the wrist. Give us a fine. Go about your business. Hunter Biden, though – who was cooperating, who was like, oh, yeah, okay, fine, yep, blah, that he got criminal charges on. He's on probation now. So what's the difference? Oh, that's right. He He's President Biden's son. Right. That's the difference, which means he literally got treated worse for being President Biden's son. And I didn't notice uh, Hunter Biden out there whining to the press about it being unfair and it being a deep, the deep state. And, uh, yeah, kind of weird. He hasn't complained huh? at all about this stuff. And it literally was Trump, Trump's AG and Trump's uh, prosecutor doing this. They were right. literally they were literally set on the job to do exactly this. This yeah. is literally using weaponizing the Department of Justice. This yeah. was I mean, they spent five goddamn years on this five yeah. years. I mean, come on, man. That's and here's, literally here's weaponizing. Thing, right? Here's the thing. I want the justice the justice system to work equally. I want Democrats and Republicans and everybody else to be held to account for crimes they commit. Right? I'm not opposed to 
the investigation of anyone, right? As long as it's on fair grounds and, you know, we abide by what the, the results are, right? If it's a fair investigation. So I think this is the this is the key difference here, right? That the any time a Republican gets investigated by the government, it has to be a deep state plot to get and a witch hunt. Um, and any time it happens to Democrats, it's like they get off scot free, or it's not, you know, uh, you know, they don't get enough time, or or whatever it is. Even when Republicans are doing the investigation, right? So you sort of it, you can't really win. So I don't really know how you combat this kind of these seem to be sort of information wars or disinformation wars and propaganda wars that the Republicans, they just constantly, whatever they say, it, the opposite is true. Right. So, you know, I've been monitoring Twitter about the Hunter Biden story and all of the sort the Republicans screeching about this was a travesty of justice and Hunter Biden got off scot-free and. You know that this is not true. Like whatever they're saying is is guaranteed to be the complete opposite, the opposite of reality. But it's a game that they play. The game that they play is controlling the narrative. So they control the narrative expertly. So their people, their their people get off. Um, you know, i.e., Donald Trump gets away with almost everything, whereas Hunter Biden gets away with nothing. Um, and 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 on and on it goes because because of this huge disinformation campaign that they can they they coordinate and collaborate and it undermines faith in the government which is yeah it's, it's their other yeah, point it's really dangerous That's the other thing they want to do yeah it's it's really really dangerous you undermine the rule of law you undermine american institutions um so now that you know when true cr- criminality appears you can't really prosecute it it's very very hard to do that because republicans are creating so much sort of distrust now that this is over, they're still going to be looking for something else to go hunter, 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 blah, 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 blah. And it's just never going to end. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Well, we've got more of this to look forward to. They're not going to leave Hunter Biden alone. So, uh, so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be their main point of attack, I think, for 2024. Um, so anyway, we'll, look, we'll, we'll move on from that. This, uh, now we're going to move on to uh, RFK Jr. Speaking of idiots... Wi-Fi radiation is uh, does all kinds of bad things, including causing cancer. Wi-Fi radiation causes yeah cancer. from your cell phone. I mean, there's cell phone tumor, tumors. You know that. I mean, I'm representing hundreds of people who have cell phone tumors behind the ear. It's always on the ear that you favor with your cell phone. Oh, um, and you know we have the science. So if anybody lets us in front of a jury, they, it will be over. You know, we, so what is the, what is the number? Because a lot of people use there's cell a lot of people with it. They're glioblastomas. That's the kind of cancers that they get. But cancer's not the worst thing. They also, you know, it opens up. Wi-Fi radiation opens up your blood-brain barrier. So this is all being completely debunked. Completely debunked. Uh, Nonsense, right? I this is a this is a meta-analysis of lots of studies on. Uh, Wi-Fi and 5G and uh, electromagnetic radio frequency radiation fields and the potential health effects, okay? This was published um, on uh, PubMed Central, the National Library of Medicine. And I w- the conclusion, the conclusion uh, you'll be shocked to hear, uh, the only evidence-based biological effects of exposure to RF, EMF in the frequency range of 300 kilohertz to 300 gigahertz 
which includes mobile phones, mobile phone-based stations, and Wi-Fi networks, are thermal effects. However, the health risks associated with temperatures rises are virtually null with normal Wi-Fi use, and even with the use of a mobile phone next to the head. As for non-thermal effects, scientific evidence is insufficient and inconsistent. Present data do not provide clear evidence of adverse effects in humans. So this is, is totally debunked. Of course, Joe Rogan, with the, uh, the Mr. Bro Scientist himself, with absolutely zero, zero background in science, medicine, public health, vaccines, biology, chemistry, or anything remotely similar. The guy's a, a comedian, right? Right. Um, and, and this guy wants to, he wants to host a debate between one of the leading vaccine scientists in the world and some fucking crank um, who wants to run for president because he believes that, you know, 5G is microwaving people's brains. Like, this, this is bonkers. I get that RFK Jr. is from a prominent political um, uh, dynasty and that, you know, he does have some talent as a politician and he cares about the environment and and so on and so forth. I don't really care about any of that stuff. The fact is, this guy could be in charge of the... If he becomes president, can you imagine, right, what happens to, like... fucking disastrous. Yeah, the NIH, or what happens to a, like, pandemic response if this guy's in charge? If we have to roll out another vaccine at breakneck speed because, you know, we're losing, you know, hundreds of thousands of people a week uh, to, to a disease. Like, we got lucky with COVID. COVID... It may come as a surprise to people, but we actually got very lucky with COVID and the fact that it was so benign. Yeah, right? seriously. Good Lord. It, it, it could be far worse next time. Um, and, you know, if the mortality rate was higher and if children were being affected, do you think what would happen if RFK Jr. was president and, and children were dying at, an extru- at, at, at the same rate that adults were dying under COVID or, or more? It would be, we'd be in a completely different world right and it would be it would make trump's response look it would make trump look like a genius so there's now there's a sentence you're not going to hear too often yeah but that's what would happen if you pull in a bonkers new age conspiracy theorist who who has spent his you know a lot of his career uh it's convincing parents not to vaccinate their children now you could could link this guy to i you, you could link rfk jr very, very, like with with serious data and serious evidence. I've seen um, actual studies on this about how much damage his his uh, I think it's Children's Health Defense Fund does to um, if, uh, the uptake of vaccines. It's pretty serious, right? They've they've linked it to like thousands of people not vaccinating their children. Christ. Yeah, this is you're basically responsible for the unnecessary sickness and death of children. Right, and that's not hyperbole. This is what vaccine disinformation does. Vaccine disinformation killed, I think, in Texas. This is what Professor Hotez was talking about. In Texas alone, there were like at least forty thousand excess deaths in, in in Texas due to vaccine misinformation. Now, I know you're worried about this guy in terms of um, the election. I am not particularly worried about him because the the more time he spends out there on the national stage, like letting people get a good look at him and listen to him. I think the worst he's going to do because the, I mean, people, the only reason he has any kind of following right now is because of his name and mm. nothing else. Right. I mean, he's a Kennedy. So people go, Ooh, a Kennedy. 
wow, yeah, that's interesting. And then they're going to hear him talk, and they're going to be like, oh, well, that's nice. What was I doing again? Oh, right. Let me go back to washing my car or reading the newspaper or doing anything else but paying attention to this weirdo because he's just going to shoot his campaign in the foot because he's a kook. He doesn't have anything worth saying or worth listening to except to people who have to listen to him because they hate Democrats, right? So he's going to continue to be popular with Republicans and with the alt-left, and that's it, and nobody else because he's a kook. Like, look at Marianne Williamson, right? She came strong out the gate, and everyone on the alt-left was like, oh, man, we're so excited for her. And she doesn't even poll anymore. Like she's right. polling, she's polling as an asterisk in most polls. It's like they don't even have her listed. She's gone because she's a kook. And the same thing's gonna happen to RFK, except for the fact he's got a you know the Kennedy name, he's going to go away. And that's I, I just hope what's so. gonna keep happening. He's too I, much of a weirdo. I, I hope so. I hope so. And I, this is what I predicted initially, but when you've got the, the problem I have, and this is what I wrote in the fucking Monday column, the, the worry I have is when you have people like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan continuously boosting and validating you, right? This, this tends to have a big effect. Yeah, like but that's re- only going to boost him on the right. It's not going to boost him on the left. Well, I, okay. Well, the problem is, is that it can do damage. It can peel um, Democrats. This is how... I forget who talked about this. It may have been, I think it was Roger Stone who, who said it about, about RFK Jr. That the point of RFK Jr., why the right is so thrilled about this guy, is that he has the ability to convert, um, you know, new agey Democrats into, into Republicans, into Trump supporters. That's the danger. Uh, I don't know. I don't see how you go from, wow, RFK Jr. is right about Wi-Fi to I hate Jews. Which is what Trump's you'd be surprised. campaign's going to be. I think you'd be surprised. And that a lot of this stuff, the conspirituality podcast guys do a lot, of, do a lot of work on this about how the kind of the funnel works, where you can you get trapped into this. Once you get into, if you're into kind of yoga and health and whatnot, um, and then you start listening to anti-vaccine propaganda, um, and then all of a sudden you, you you start believing that you know Trump is essentially the last line of defense against this. Uh, Bio war, this bioterrorism that RFK calls it against you know humanity. Um, you can get sucked into the trap. You can get sucked into the vortex of conspiracy theory and Trumpism quite quickly, like amazingly quickly. So, and it, and it, it, you know I, I, the conspirituality guys do you know they do these really big deep dives on this kind of thing, uh, and it's really worth listening to. They've just got a book out as well, which I'm gonna I, I'm gonna do a re- review of that soon, but. I, I genuinely worry about the the reach of these cranks, right? And Joe Rogan as a major source of misinformation online. He's hugely popular, hugely popular. And you can go down these rabbit holes. You click on one Joe Rogan video, then you click on an RFK video and you realize, oh my God, I've been lied to. Like the, the, there is actually this war on people, on, on health and a war on children. And I need to get behind RFK Jr. And, you know, RFK Jr. was not, for example, uh, uh, anti-war in in Ukraine at first, but now he is. So, because he's been sort of captured by this kind of uh, these alt political circles, 
Right. And these alt political circles are growing in power and growing in size. And uh, it has an increasingly, you know, it has a very, very dangerous effect on our discourse, number one, because they're spreading massive amounts of misinformation and disinformation. Um, but they're also sucking away people from the, you know, people who are still Democrats, people who would still vote for Biden in 2024. Uh, they can go down these rabbit holes and all of a sudden it's like, well, you have to vote for Trump because he's basically he's protecting you from Joe Biden and the deep state. Uh, you know, and the NIH and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's why I'm concerned. I'm, I'm monitoring I'm monitoring RFK carefully because I didn't put, see him as a, as a risk in the beginning, but now I'm starting to see him at least. I, I don't think he, he can become president, but I think he can damage Joe Biden quite, quite significantly. Well, I guess we'll see. Like, I don't know. I figure I give it maybe three months before he flames out. So I guess yeah, we'll, we'll I, revisit this back in like September. That's what my money, my, my money would be where you are. My money would be where you are, but I'm, but I, you know, I'm paying attention. Like, that's what I would say. It, we should pay attention to this. We should keep, keep tabs on this guy because it's, it's, you know, um, I think he's a danger personally, but uh, anyway, so I, you know, for follow this guy, I would highly recommend following Dr. Peter Hotez on on Twitter because he's a, actually a big wealth of information and wealth of um, counterpoints to the anti-vaccine propaganda. And he's standing up to Joe Rogan and Elon Musk and, and RFK Jr. So um, I, this is great. This is good. So follow this guy on Twitter because uh, I, I, I'm almost I almost felt compelled to purchase a a Twitter Blue uh, account. Um. So that because I'm being suppressed on Twitter, right? Basically, like I'm, I'm losing followers and my tweets don't go anywhere because uh, I'm not shelling out eight eight bucks. Uh, and I had this thought that perhaps one of the ways of countering this this disinformation is to essentially use Twitter as a way of counteracting this propaganda. If we get off Twitter, is it good to get off Twitter or, is, or do we stay? Like which one? Is, I really don't know. I'm not sure what the best thing to do is. Do I give Elon Musk $8 a month so that I can counter some of his misinformation? I don't know. Well, I do know that most of my timeline, when I look underneath um, people's, like, you know, tweets that people I follow, is just trolls and trolls. It's just miles and miles of trolls, which is like, well, that's what the blue checks are for. So they get highlighted first. That's just wonderful. So, But it does help me, you know, blocking them. Unfortunately, there's just so many of them because Russia's buying like thousands and thousands and thousands of blue checks, mm. which of course is they, the point, and that's why yeah, they, was, that's why uh, Musk is doing it so to give them preferential treatment. Of course, so they can get. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, of course, Frick. of course, I, I agree. Uh, so look, well, look. Anyway, we've also let, moving on to the alt alt politics in America. Speaking uh, of Russia. Speaking of Russia, right. So I wrote a piece this week about the old war on Ukraine um, and why I called this war the moral war. And from my, this is what I've observed, um, that the the people who are opposed to the war in Ukraine are almost all concentrated in alt-left and alt-right political circles. And they have different motivations for wanting um, Russia to win. And they want the same result, right? Which is a Russian victory, and a they want to see Joe Biden lose. Basically, this is what I think is going on. 
um, that they're opposed to the war. So the alt-right is opposed to the war because they're America first and they don't care. They just don't care about Ukraine um, and what happens to them. They believe that uh, America, it's none of America's business. They actually quite like Russia anyway. They quite like Putin because he stands for kind of anti-woke, strongman, authoritarian politics, which they really admire. Um, so they prefer Putin to win against a, a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a liberal Jew who runs um, Ukraine, obviously, Volodymyr Zelensky. And then on the left, what you have is this, they they have a sort of a, um, their conspiracy theory, right, is that America was responsible for all the ills in the world, specifically corporate Democrats. So everything must be viewed within that sort of context, right, that um, let's say Russia invades Ukraine. This has to be the fault of Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. It doesn't matter how you get there, but somehow it has to be about the American war machine. It doesn't matter. It makes no difference that this was a naked act of aggression, an illegal act of aggression. One of the most sort of heinous uh, stri uh, strikes on a sovereign democracy that we've seen. It was ab absolutely no reason for Russia to invade Ukraine. None, right? Ukraine wasn't threatening them. NATO wasn't threatening them. Ukraine is not part of NATO. Uh, Ukraine doesn't have nuclear weapons. You know, it's not a hostile government towards Ukraine, uh, towards Russia. Yet Russia still invaded. So how you can then go and blame the US government for this and Dem and Joe Biden and the Democrats? I don't get it. I really don't. But the alt left has found a way to do that. Uh, they've got all sorts of conspiracy theories that Ukraine is actually essentially a giant neoliberal or neocon project and. In fact, it was it's there specifically to uh, as a way to um, provoke Russia uh, and bolster NATO in, in in the region. But I mean, this is all nonsense. This is all just unfounded bullshit that they've come up with to justify this very weird obsession with uh, moderate Democrats. So my article, I basically argued that we have to hold the political center in America, right, to stop these old political circles gaining too much power and if we don't what happens is the war in ukraine we start to to take funding away from from ukraine right ukraine is almost completely reliant on u.s funding for this they're getting money from from europe but the majority of the war funds comes from america so once this goes if trump gets elected uh, and ukraine we start defunding the war in ukraine russia will win Right, Russia has enough resources to 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 keep going, um, and they'll they'll beat Ukraine. And what what happens next? Right, what happens if Ukraine falls? Why would they not then go into other countries? Why would they not go into Poland? Why would they not? Why would Putin not be more, you know, emboldened after that? So I think this is very very destructive if we allow Putin to continue this his aggression unchecked. You know, we saw what happened in the 1930s and 1940s. This is exactly what Hitler did, and I argue in my piece that if you if you deny, you're just you're denying reality if you can't see the link between Putin, what Putin is doing, and what Adolf Hitler was doing. Right? The the parallels are are obvious. Right? Uh, Putin has this idea of this of the fatherland. Right? Um, of, of Russia having this the historic Russia, the real Russia that expands you know, all throughout Eastern Europe uh, right. and if, if he's not checked if he's not kept in, in check 
it will just keep expanding. Right. He wants um, to rebuild the Soviet Union. Yeah, essentially he does, right? And he's been very clear about that. It's not yeah, like right. he's been secret. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And I think that um, we have to do the same in America because we've seen what happens when the political center, political center falls apart is you get extremism, you get Donald Trump. And Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin are, they have very, very similar ideologies as well, right? Str- uh, authoritarian strongman tendencies. So what I argued is that we have to recognize this threat of these old political circles that are not only undermining um, the efforts in Ukraine, but they're undermining democratic efforts in the United States as well. Because I don't think they care about democracy at all. I don't think they have, any, they don't give a shit. They don't care whether Trump gets elected or not and smashes democracy because they hate moderates so much. The alt left hate moderate Democrats so much that they'd rather see Trump win and burn it all to the ground. They'd rather see the end of democratic rule in America um, than elect a moderate. So this is really dangerous. And the same with the alt-right as well. The alt-right is just more explicit. The alt-right doesn't even pretend to care about democracy at all. Yeah, so, see, yeah, you're much you're much nicer to the alt left than I am. As far as I'm concerned, they have exactly the same motivation as the alt right. When they look at Russia, remember their love affair with Russia started long before the the uh, war in Ukraine. Hmm. They it started when they when uh, Russia put Trump in office, and they immediately like once. Everyone on the left started, well, not everyone, obviously. Once the left started saying, whoa, what the hell? Russia helped this guy get into office. The alt-left immediately jumped in and said, no, they didn't. Russia had nothing to do with that. And they've been fighting tooth and nail to rewrite history since 2017. They have not stopped. And not for one second have they stopped. I mean, Jesus, the entire um, Twittergate thing. Was part of that was to, was part of trying to Twitter rewrite files. history. The, uh, the Twitter files. files, excuse me, was part of trying to rewrite history again. I mean, they just yeah. they will not stop trying to rewrite history to make Russia the Russia Gate thing never have happened. They're trying to erase everything having to do with it. They cannot stop because they're one hundred percent in the tank for Russia, and they're in it for the same exact reason that the alt right is because they see Russia. As the as the last bastion of white male supremacy in the world, and the alt left is very much into white male supremacy. I know you and Bob don't totally agree with me on that, but they're really, really into white male supremacy. They just can't say that out loud because they're supposed to be the progressives, right? They're supposed to be the super, super lefty progressives, and they can't say out loud that they prefer to have white men in charge. Because that's not left. There's nothing progressive about that, and they can't actually say it. But if you listen to them, they're incredibly sexist or misogynistic, and they're incredibly racist. You know, and every time you let them give you give them room to breathe, the people they hate most are women, and especially women of color. And you, I mean, there's a reason they hate um, Alexandria Ocasio the most. They, sorry, AOC, they hate her. And she's really they progressive. They I, despise I, I, her. I, I won't disagree with you on that. I mean, I just see their motivation more as being they, they believe in, in West, that Western imperialism is the most destructive force on Earth. 
Right. There's, but... there's this weird ideological uh, obsession they have. And that, that's where I see this. And I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily. I'm interested in what you're saying. I don't, I, I don't, I want to see more, you know, I want to see this play out more. I, I just, I see this more as being the alt left having a kind of, I, I don't know, I, I guess it varies, right? There are different, probably different wings of the alt left as well. Um, well, I mean, the people who screamed the most about how much they hate imperialism and oligarchs and war. They seem to be 100% supporting of... a warmongering imperialist oligarch. Right. It does seem kind it's of like, strange. come on, man. Are you serious? You're not even trying anymore. <laughs> it, it does seem strange. Yeah. It, 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 right. It does seem strange. I, I agree. But look, I mean, I, irrespective of that, I do think, I think we need to watch uh, both the alt left and the alt right very, very carefully and make sure that their influence doesn't grow. And this is, again, why I'm concerned about people like RFK and why I'm concerned that they're getting. Uh, promoted by Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, because these these are alt political circles that are growing in power um, and growing in influence, and they've got their own media channels, they've got their own distribution methods and networks, uh, you know, and they were successful in 2016. They got Trump elected, basically, right? This is um, essentially a new reality that we have to face. We have to right. face these these weird alternative political spaces where reality is not reality where in you know this is the joke we're in the world of joe rogan where where a, a vaccine denying lunatic is now apparently has to debate an actual vaccine scientist right because both sides because both sides are equal well we have to listen to both sides it's like no one's deranged and one's being debunked over and over again and the other guy is a leading vaccine expert who saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives around the world with life-saving vaccines. Um, uh, you know, this guy, Professor Hotas, for example, distributes uh, uh, vaccines in poor countries like India, where children don't have access to, to life-saving vaccines. So I feel like this is the kind of the world that we're living in now, uh, where we have, to, uh, we have to combat this kind of nonsense and hold the political centre. My argument is basically holding the centre at all costs. Right, you you want political moderates in power almost at all cost, because that's the only way to to. You, you, if nobody's happy, you want everyone to be a bit unhappy, right? <laughs> As opposed to like one extreme being incredibly happy, and the right. other extreme will be you know will want war. So that anyway, that that's my thesis on that. But look, we we've got we're gonna let's move into our both sides segment. You've got uh, <laughs> you're very incensed about this. Just, just mildly, just a bit, just a tiny bit. So, um, so we all know. Well, or not necessarily. There's Moms for Liberty. Moms for Liberty is um, a fascist group that is very, very friendly with the Proud Boys. Basically, it's the Moms for Proud Boys, and they've been infiltrating and trying to take over school boards all over the country so they can remove all the nasty, icky books that talk about icky, nasty things like you know, black people and gay people and and non-christian white people right so that's what they're doing um and they've become very organized and very well funded uh, and i'm sure if we looked into it we wouldn't know who's funding them because you know can't find that stuff out secret but they launched their their online newsletter and on their very very first online newsletter for some inexplicable reason it's not inexplicable at all their very, very first on the newsletter, they had right there on the front page, 
um, right above the right below their banner, um, a quote: "He alone who owns the youth gains the future." Adolf Hitler, and that was it. That was the quote, the entire quote. Nothing else. Nothing. Whoa. Nothing. You know, to say we don't like this or this is what Democrats are doing. It's just that quote which is essentially what they're doing. Like it's kind of summing up their entire thing because that's their point. If we control what kids read and see and hear and think, then we get to control them. Now, this is not the first time that Republicans have used this particular quote. There's been a couple of others who've used this exact quote and attributed to Adolf Hitler because they like this quote. And apparently they really like who it comes from. And they came out the next day and said, oh, my goodness. Oh, we're so sorry. We didn't mean to do that. And it's like, yes, you did. You absolutely meant to use that. And you meant to put his name. They could have, if they wanted to do a dog whistle to white supremacists and white nationalists, they could have just used a quote and not put Adolf Hitler's name. And then later could have said, oh, no. We didn't realize that was from Adolf Hitler. We just saw the quote and we liked it and we thought it was good. So we used it. We apologize. But they didn't do that. Okay. They used Adolf Hitler's name because they wanted to make sure you knew exactly who they were talking about. Because this is who they are. Right. These are people who see Adolf Hitler and they like his quote and they think that's our guy. And Republicans have done this like three or four times in the last couple of years because that's who they are and that's their audience. You don't see Democrats doing this. Nope. And this is this is not a quote that only Hitler has ever thought of. Other people have said stuff like this. And this is not like a new idea. This is going like this is not a current recent concept. They could have found plenty of other people who've said something pretty similar and use that instead. But they keep using the Hitler quote because that's their guy, because they're goddamn Nazis. So anyway, yeah, you're just not going to find that on the left. <laughs> well, look, my my pick this week, my pick this week is uh, our good friend Tulsi Gabbard, who I now don't consider to be alt left. I consider her now fully alt right. Oh man! Um, so she was a Democrat, obviously she was a Democratic Congress. Woman. But now this, she's gone completely off the deep end. We did a deep dive on her last week in the members and the emergency meeting podcast. So uh, where we went into her cult-like background. So she's a strange, weird person, anyway. But here's what she tweeted this week: She said, "In a taxpayer-funded campaign to push woke ideology onto the world, the UN is advocating for the decriminalization of adults having sex with children, regardless of the child's age, so long as the child consents, and so what? long as the child quote consents." At the very least, American taxpayers should not be underwriting the UN until it stops all promotion of paedophilia and sex trafficking. And this she linked to the freebeacon.com. <laughs> well, okay, there's a there, there there's a you know a, a good news source. I'm sure that was very um, well researched. Yeah. So uh, it took all of three seconds to debunk this absolute nonsense. This 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 particular right wing disinformation propaganda point talking point has been thoroughly debunked this is uh from usa today our rating false the claim cites a report drafted by the un and another organization that calls for a human rights based approach for, to criminal law 
The report does not call for decriminalising sex with minors. No documents or credible news report indicate the UN is advocating for any such action. The joint report does not call for decriminalising sex with children, nor does it call for the abolition of age of consent for sex. Christine Stegling, Deputy Executive Director of the Policy, Advocacy and Knowledge Branch of the Joint United Nations Programme on HIV-AIDS, told USA Today via email. Rather, it calls for governments to enforce laws against sex with minors and stresses that there's a human rights obligation to protect children from all forms of abuses, such as child sexual abuse, according to Lawrence Gostin, a global health law expert at Georgetown University. So it does the exact opposite. Literally what, the exact opposite. Literally the exact opposite of what Tulsi Gabbard is saying. My God, the exact opposite. The, the exact opposite. So this is now... Tulsi Gabbard has gone, she's gone full QAnon where she's talking about woke ideologists who are, you know, now Democrats are into pedophilia and sex trafficking. So Tulsi Gabbard is now fuel for, basically she's QAnon. We've lost her to the alt-right. She was alt-left for a bit. Now she's full-on alt-right and crazy. And she's talking about, this is, the left does not do this kind of stuff. They don't do this kind of stuff. They don't just fabricate um, child sex rings and democratic paedophilia um, out of thin air, which is now what she's doing on social media to her. She has, Tulsi Gabbard has 2.2 million followers. Uh, fan favorite, she's a favorite on Joe, on the Joe Rogan podcast that Elon Musk is constantly retweeting her. So this is what we have to deal with, folks. Wow. Just remember, yeah. every Republican accusation is a confession. There's a reason yeah. there's so many pedophiles in the Republican Party. So, Justin... That sound <gasps> is sound for the emergency meeting. Emergency meeting, emergency meeting. We are now heading into the emergency meeting podcast where we're going to be having a furious debate over the Ocean Gate submersible. Did these, did the five explorers who tragically died, did they deserve to die? Uh, are they just rich billionaire assholes? Um, should, you know, was the left... Um, was their reaction to the deaths of these people? Was it overblown? Did they uh, react in an inhumane way? Justin, you disagree with me on this? Oh, I do. You do. We're going to have a uh, we're going to have a uh, a civilized, but uh, I would say maybe maybe somewhat forceful debate on this. Uh, so we're going to head into the emergency meeting podcast. We're going to be listening to James Cameron talking about the submersible and why it was an absolute catastrophe waiting to happen. Uh, and I'm going to explain to Justin uh, why I think the left was pretty horrendous in the way they they responded to this. And for everyone, we hope to see you there. We're going to you can join us in the emergency meeting podcast. You can get a fifty percent discount on a banter membership, where you get access to the emergency meeting podcast. You get access to all premium articles and all members only chat threads. But you'll also be supporting what we do. We really appreciate that. Um, you can also find us on Spotify and on iTunes, so please subscribe to the podcast there. And we'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>